Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you on a Monday, uh, doing a nice weekend wrap up of sports. So, so much on the go on the weekend for sports. Uh, I decided to get away because I was sports overwhelmed a little bit and not consume it, let it consume me as much as it had been. But uh, Jason decided to go the other way. Didn't leave his house and just watch tons and tons and tons of sports. So uh, he'll be able to add a lot more color and flair to this podcast because he is so much in the know. And it uh, must have been a great weekend uh, just getting to see all that great sports. Yeah, man. It was it was, it was, was an incredibly lazy, relaxed weekend. Okay. I stayed on my couch and I stayed there for hours on end. <laughs> Watching my 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 playoff basketball, watching some boxing, watching UFC. Wait up and watch more playoff basketball. Yeah, man, I, I was I was literally here for hours on end, but it was good. It was good. It was needed, and you know, like as you know, with our job, we don't get this much time to ourselves often. So I've I've really been enjoying it, and but more importantly, I've been making sure that my buddy's at rest. And I'm yeah. getting a little sleep, so I'm good. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh I saw a coworker today and and he said you heard much about work. And I said, No, I don't think we're gonna hear much about work for a while. And doesn't seem like anybody's doing much. So uh good to take advantage of uh what little time we do normally have off and uh enjoy sports, enjoy the weather, do what we can. Uh we ended up going out to Harrison Lake on the weekend, um, got a hotel room for a couple nights and uh, did a lot of exploring, adventuring out there, had a really nice, relaxing time. Glad we did it. Uh, we both needed it and it was good to get away. Um, the only thing that happened that wasn't so great for us on the weekend was we got an alert about 2.33 in the morning on Saturday night that somebody was trying to break into uh Lorraine's place and uh she has a uh she has one of those ring um doorbell cameras oh yeah uh, all of a sudden she got a buzz and up popped a guy looked like he was trying the door handle uh of her place so she got a little worried um immediately we phoned the police and uh they sent a patrol unit down there i guess a couple cars um they looked for the individual they checked the both back and front entrances and uh luckily nobody got in but um it was a little bit tough it uh, ended up being hard to get to sleep hard to sleep because uh the worry there that uh, somebody had been trying to break in no, uh, that's 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 unfortunate, and it sucks because now you're on guard, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be away enjoying yourself on your 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 mini vacation, and now you're thinking to yourself, when we get back, is the door going to be kicked in and all their stuff going to be gone? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's not that's not a pleasant uh, thought to have at all. But now my question is, okay, so the police came, right? Yeah. They they checked the stuff. Did they dust for prints? Nah. They do good detective work like they nah. should have done. Sometimes yeah. I wonder. Sorry about that. I know that they would, all right? But 
Did they do yeah. it with a donut in hand? Eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, quite possibly. Uh, I, I've never been a f too much of a fan of police and, and how they operate. But, uh, yeah, they were probably at the donut shop when we called them. Uh, they... Uh, they seem to rush over in pretty good speed, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we we actually the luckily luckily one thing that uh, happens with that ring is that you can actually talk to the person that's at the door there. So mm. we actually had a little bit of a conversation with one of the officers. Um, okay, while he was standing at the front door and he asked us a few questions. We gave him some answers. Um, you know, he seemed he seemed thorough, and and they, um, you know, they did check, as I said, both back and front entrances. I definitely don't think they would have dusted for prints um, if if somebody got in, maybe. But I sort of doubt that too. I think I think break-ins are a pretty low thing on their priority list. Uh, uh, I remember seeing a movie where a guy said. Uh, Hey, do you, have you guys a follow up follow up on any leads after breaking into my place? And the cops just laughed hysterically. <laughs> They're just like, leads, come on, <laughs> like, leads? Are you joking? Oh man! And they, you know, that's kind of I think how they get because they get jaded. You know, it's just things are happening all over all the time, and. Um, you know, those things that uh, doesn't affect them, I guess, in a way, doesn't really become priority for them really anymore. So basically what is what the guy should have said is, so you're not following up on any leads, <laughs> meaning you're not doing your job. All right. Yeah. That's, that's great. Thanks yeah. for your help. You've been tremendous. I think we're good now. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah that seems to be the way it is but uh yeah put a little damper on the weekend uh, a little bit tough um but um yeah we uh, we were glad we got away uh, it was nice to get away uh we enjoyed uh, intermittent periods between rain and uh it was very quiet up there um one of the quietest times i've ever seen it so uh, we could easily get into restaurants we could easily get into places we wanted to go we went on some nice hikes and um yeah it was it was just good uh i don't love uh when the crowds are super and crazy 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 and we went out we ended up uh, actually stopping at the vancouver zoo on our way back and uh, i hadn't been to the zoo in a long time and i'm really glad we did and uh i was really shocked at how little people there were there almost uh almost nobody which was another big bonus for us yeah, that that that's uh that's surprising. It is actually surprising. And it's also surprising that there was like it was just such a quiet weekend. Or maybe you just caught Harrison uh the resort where it just was supposed to be a quiet weekend, which is nice though for both of you. Yeah. Because then you had like all the amenities open and you could do whatever you want. So that's 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 that can be a bonus. Yeah. Um but when I got back, I had uh, many, many, many basketball games. I had some uh, UFC to catch up on. I had uh, some hockey games to watch. I had just tons and tons and tons of stuff. I was up super late last night. I thought, well, I was up late on Saturday. I should be able to stay up super late tonight and watch everything I can and not leave it till tomorrow. And uh, it was hard getting up this morning trying to get ready for this podcast 
after uh, two super, super, super late nights uh, <laughs> over the weekend there. And uh, but luckily, yeah, I got to see everything I wanted to see. And um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it and break it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. I think the biggest event of the whole entire weekend, to be honest with you, uh, was the Tank Davis Ryan Garcia fight. I think um, it uh, moved the needle more than anything else. I think the uh, UFC became a bit of an afterthought. Uh, any of the other playoff matchups were, you know, in swing, but I, I feel like the biggest event of the weekend was that fight and a uh, massive amount of people turned out, lots of celebrities. Um, it really moved the needle for boxing on, on Saturday night. Well, definitely. It, it definitely moved the needle because here it is. This is actually a super fight that actually happened. Yeah. We've been waiting for a super fight to actually happen between Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Usyk. Oh, wait, that didn't happen either. Uh, right, hopefully this one happens. Hey, wait, it did happen. Oh, yeah. great. Oh, okay. oh, that's awesome. We actually have a super fight that's actually gone through. And it didn't disappoint. Oh, man, it didn't disappoint. I, I thought it was a very good fight. Yeah. I I got a I did a post um on Saturday night on Instagram about the fight and um, got some feedback from some some people and uh, I was surprised at some of the reactions. Some people said uh, that was a bad fight. I hate boxing. It's no no good compared to UFC. I I wish that um, people didn't always compare the two sports. I think they're so different and uh, there's you know so much beauty in both of them. I wish that it didn't have to be one or the other. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, that that come over from uh, MMA fans don't really get the uh, nuances of boxing and understand it some. But uh, I thought uh, it delivered in a lot of ways. I think you're right. Uh, we have been waiting for super fights. And uh, most of the time we're so disappointed because they never get put on until the guys are past their prime. And uh, it's one of the things that boxing has really had troubles with over the years where they just can't come to agreement with the numbers and uh, years and years and years go by and uh, nobody just has the appetite anymore for those two fighters as much as they did before. Uh, these guys are un two undefeated fighters in their prime and, uh, you know, it really, it really became something big. Oh, no, it, it was huge. It was huge. Um... And like I was talking to you before we, we went on, um, Davis's representation, which is Floyd Mayweather, they're able to squeeze as much advantage out of anything that they can. Knowing that uh, Gravanta Tank Davis was the smaller human being coming into this fight, they did not allow Ryan Garcia to come into the ring above a certain weight limit, which means they limited his rehydration process. Yeah. So that also meant that that devastating body shot that he took in the seventh round that put him down and, and made him unable to continue, he probably could have recovered from that if he was properly rehydrated, in my humble opinion. Yeah. But since they didn't allow him to do that, not to take anything away from the shot, it was a beautiful shot, but I'd have to think, I got to think that if he was able to rehydrate properly, he probably could have continued the fight. And then that's how Davis got the advantage. Also, too, I want to point out, in that second round where Garcia was doing, started doing a flurry and was feeling himself, yeah. 
the the counter left that Gravanta hit him with and floored him. You know what it reminded me of? Adesanya versus Pereira. Okay. Kind of the same thing, except mm. on the on the different side, just on the left. Right. I, I it kind of, it just kind of reminded me of that, like where it was just like the guy's going off. All of a sudden, he ducks, swings, Bam. perfect counter left hook, and all of a sudden, it changed it. It completely changed the dynamics of the fight because now Brian Garcia was not going forward the way he was anymore. Yeah. I, I think that was the, you know, TSN turning point, as they say. I, I think it really seemed to change the fight because Garcia seemed to be um, getting a little confidence. Uh, Davis has always been known as a slow starter, so I thought Garcia's biggest advantage was to take it to him in the early rounds before he, uh, you know, figured him out, got, you know, downloaded the data to uh, understand what was coming at him. And uh, when Garcia, you know, started getting uh, some of his shots through and uh, he could see that, uh, you know, he he was able to, um, you know, perfect the game plan, uh, he just really took it to him. But I think that it was a bit of a mistake because he was letting himself be open to those counter shots. And uh, when he swings wild and misses the guy, uh, th that, that chance is there. Uh, it was too bad that his corner wasn't able to, um, you know, turn it and say, you know, hey, you don't have to be uh, worried about it. Just, you know, th the game plan is attack him, attack him, and keep at him. I think he would have had a little more success, but I don't think that there would have been a different result. Um, I also heard from some people that said that uh, they felt like he was a chicken. He, uh, I, they couldn't believe that he didn't get up from that fight. Uh, I heard some people say that it was fixed uh, because you didn't see like an immediate knockdown from a shot. It was, you know, a good delay, like five, I don't know how many seconds I should have counted it, but there was a long delay from the shot for him until he actually took a knee. Uh, one of the longest delays I remember ever seeing. What about you? Okay. Um, from all the boxing that I've seen over the years, I've seen the, I've seen the delay. From a hellacious body shot, I've seen a delay. It mm -hmm. did seem a little long, but I'm I I'm gonna be honest. It didn't surprise me because I, I I felt like I've seen that before. Like yeah. some some body shots are different from others, and then sometimes the guy can try to try to tough it out because it seemed to me you could kind of see it in Garcia's face as he's trying to tough it out a little bit. Maybe yeah. that's why it was a delayed reaction. You could see it in his face where he was just like, oh, I, 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 I got to try. I got to try to weather the storm here. And then all of a sudden his body just caved and said, ah, you're not weathering nothing. Yeah. You're collapsing right now. Like you, he couldn't, he couldn't withstand it. The thing I was, I was kind of surprised at though, was when he was doing this, the standing 10 count, he couldn't get up. No, he couldn't get up. Or he, or, or he was just like, even if I got up, he's going to just target that, that visit, that, that, that weakness again. And just put me down again, and then I am out of fight. Maybe that's yeah. what he was thinking as well. So, yeah, I I would have liked to know what was going through his mind as that uh, ten count was happening because he he nodded his head a couple times at the referee. He yeah. looked like he was just you know taking his time to stand up and and get back at it. Uh, it, it to me, it didn't look like he was um, out of breath. He he did mention something like something about that after. Uh, it did it it did surprise me that 
he didn't get up and continue. Um, there, uh, you know, people like to get online and and say inflammatory things so that they can get you know some crazy uh, responses. Uh, there, it can be, uh, you know, it can be quite the minefield of people just throwing out whatever just to stir it up. But um, you know, with a with a long delay, with the way he looked, he didn't look like he was super compromised to the point where he wasn't going to be able to continue. So uh, when people said quit, you know, you're like, well, sort of in a way, maybe, you know, he was like going through what's going through his head. Is it like, damn, that one killed me. Do I want to suffer more? Uh, does that go through your brain? Uh, I've had, I've got hit with that shot before. And I'm telling you, it is such a crazy bad feeling. Like it's like poison suddenly just goes through your body, all through your extremities, throughout your torso. It feels like somehow just poison just poof, gets released. And you're like, oh my God. And it's not just one spot that's hurting. It's like every spot in your body. So um, I do know the feeling and it's just, you know, if it hasn't happened to you, it really makes you worried and concerned and uh but he's a boxer i'm sure he's taken shots like that before um but yeah it was a little bit too bad that there was any type of controversy i'm glad it didn't go to the judges scorecards and we were chatting about that and any you know any worry about that it is a little too bad that davis was able to get that advantage with um, the having to the rehydration clause and yeah. having to weigh in the morning of the fight. And uh, so, you know, he could make sure that De the Garcia wasn't going to get too uh, much heavier than him. I think uh, that's something that's wrong with boxing is that you can pretty much change the rules anytime you feel like, oh, we'll make this an eight round fight. We'll make this 12 round fight. Oh, we'll make this. Uh, this long, that long. Well, this won't be for a belt. This because we're gonna make it at a catch weight. Oh, but we're gonna get a guy to do a rehydration clause. Like, uh, boxing has a lot of issues and a lot of problems, and I don't think that changing the rules to suit your fighter should be really allowed. It should be this is this is this weight class. You fight at this weight class. They decided to not even fight for a belt and just do it at a catch weight, which which is kind of ridiculous as well. I don't. You know, I don't I don't like that. The only time I see the UFC do catch weights is if a guy has is a late replacement and they just yeah. know that he can't get there and they're just wanting to have a fight happen. But uh, they don't just automatically right from the beginning when they set that fight that it's going to be a catch weight uh, just to suit one guy or the other. That doesn't seem that seems unbelievably unfair. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It it is unfair, but at the same time, it, it, like for these elite boxers, whatever little gain or advantage you can get, yeah. that can tip the scale of the fight. It, it can. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Garcia signed the contract. Yeah. Both, right? So yeah. now all, the only thing that Garcia can hope for is that hopefully whatever contract that he signed has an immediate rematch clause. Sure. And then in the rematch clause, then he says, no, 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 I forget the rehydration thing. I get the rehydrate the way I want to rehydrate, and we just right. fight. Yeah. Do you think they should run it back? 
I think they should run it back without with the stupid without the stupid rehydration clause because yeah. then I'd be more interested to see is Garcia that much bigger than Gervonta? I know Gervonta is a small person, small but guy, he's short, that yeah. much bigger than him if he rehydrates properly. Sure, that yeah. I would be interested. In. Uh, if they don't do a rematch, um, who should be next? Uh, Shakur Stevenson, is that the uh, best way to go? Or is it to wait for the Devin Haney fight after he fights Lomachenko? Um, supposedly that's supposed to happen next. Uh, who who should be next? Uh, if it's uh, Davis, I, I think he should go for Shakur Stevenson. Go for the gold. Yeah, man. I, I, think, I think that would probably be the best fight for him going forward. Did you hear the reported payouts yet? Did you hear the reported payouts yet? Oh, what? no, no, no. I did not. I did not. Hopefully, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, uh, $5 million guaranteed for Davis stepping in. Uh, $2.5 million guaranteed for Garcia stepping in. Both got 50% of the pay-per-view, from what I understand. Uh, so they're probably looking at $5 million each for the pay-per-view. Okay. So $10 million, $7.5 But... This this kind of made Davis the face of boxing. Uh, Jim Gray said it while they were in there after. Um, don't you think he is a guy that can really start to really be that guy that garners the massive numbers and he can get 20, 25, 30 million a fight very, very soon? He could be, but I I've never thought of Gravanta as the pound for pound best like yeah. like up there with canelo up there with it with with terence crawford up there even with vasily lomachenko i he's getting there okay. right he's getting yeah. there but i i just i i'm sorry I've, I've never seen him like that i think he definitely is now getting into the realm of getting just cresting into the eight figure point 10 million and up yeah. right but like now, is he going to get to the, the to the big money fights of 20, 30, 40? I, I still I, I want to say I still think he has a little bit more work to do before he gets there. Yeah, yeah I, I think he kind of came out of nowhere in the last uh, year or so. Uh, I don't think, the, you know, the casual boxing fan that were at that arena that night really were aware of Tank Davis more than. A year or two ago, uh, you know, he, he really just rose to popularity very, very recently. Yeah, yeah. Like, his, his popularity has been spiking recently. And obviously, people begin to take, really pay attention to you and you have that zero still attached to your to your record. So yeah. um, this was a big deal because, like, again, like you said, you had two fighters in their prime with zeros on their records. Right. And one of those zeros was going to have to go, which is always fun to watch, always a great thing to watch. And that's why we get so disappointed when these other super fights that are supposed to freaking happen don't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I, and I absolutely hate that because it always just comes down to ego and money. That's all yeah. it is. That's ego it. and money. Yeah. And you'd think that there'd be enough money for everybody to be happy, but. There never is fun. Uh, so now that Garcia's O has gone, um, does he still move the needle himself? Uh, does that him? Does he take a huge, huge, huge step back from this defeat? I don't think he takes a huge hit from this defeat. 
I think he still moves the needle because he's he's an incredible boxer. His hand speed is some of the fastest hands I've ever seen, period. I think I've told you this once before where I saw a highlight where he knocked a man out with the body shot, I believe. I didn't see the shot. Like, his hands moved oh, that boy. fast, and I didn't see it. Yeah. I had to keep rewinding going, well, what did he hit him with? I don't – you can't just fall over. <laughs> right. But he hit him with something. And then when I saw it, I go, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I, he has some of the fastest hands I've ever seen. So that's why I'm thinking this is just a little blip in the road. He'll be fine. He'll have to take a little bit of lesser competition whenever he steps in the boxing ring again if it's not an immediate rematch with Gravanta. But yeah. hold on half a second. Hold on half a second. Okay. Happened. Oh man, it's going. Okay. Somehow my uh, somehow my power cord got kicked out and it gave me an alert. Your battery's running low. Plug it in. So I'm like, oh shit. It, uh, it, it would have just died on us, and then boom, yeah. we would have had more technical issues like we've been having today. <laughs> no good. Um, Garcia yeah. uh, is one of those pretty boys, um, gets a lot of attention on social media, moves the needle for um, companies that uh, want to have a face, you know, uh, a pretty face. A lot of girls love him. He has um, 10 million followers on Instagram, massive social media following. A lot of uh, the haters out there started saying, yeah, pretty boys like this, uh, they don't last. They're kind of paper <laughs> champions, giving up against uh, a lot of, uh, you know, easy fights so they can get that record up high without getting a loss. Um, but I don't think this is the case with Garcia. I don't think that's the case for Garcia at all, because you could make the same argument for Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, that, that dude wasn't afraid of anybody. and He fought everybody. So, yeah. and yeah. and and he's a Hall of Famer, and he's one of the greatest boxers we've ever seen. So, pretty boys can fight. Sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they can fight. They can fight well. Yeah. And I think uh, I think we have. This is definitely not the end of Brian Garcia. We're gonna hear more from him. It's gonna be fine. Do you see the UFC ever having uh, you know a boxing organization, a boxing league, and making it you know you know good like this? Because Boxing does move the needle. Um, you know, look at all the stars that were out that night. There was, you know, Mike Tyson, Manny Pacquiao, Andre Ward. We had, you know, tons of stars in the front row. You're you're looking around, holy cow, this is this is you know the place to be. And um I I think what's wrong with boxing is the alphabet belts out there, and there's so many promoters, and nobody seems to be able to come together and put these huge fights on. UFC puts on huge fights. Pretty much every month we get a pay-per-view and uh, big fights happen all the time. We're getting titles that mean something. Uh, do you see the UFC eventually saying, okay, well, we can run this better. Why don't we do it ourselves and, and, and you know, clean up boxing and make it something that's, um, you know, as relevant as the UFC? It would be nice, but I think it's just, I think boxing has turned itself into a swamp, a quagmire, where mm -hmm. if you try to step in, you got people from different factions that are just pulling boxers this way and that way and promoters doing this thing and that thing. I, I think like the UFC would almost have to create its own boxing league 
and then have its own boxers under contract like they do with the UFC. Yeah. Because they couldn't they couldn't just wade into boxing and just try to clean it up because that's not it's never gonna happen. Let's be yeah. honest. That's just never, ever, ever gonna happen. Right. And then you always have these wars, not necessarily sometimes between the boxers, but between the promoters. Yeah. Where it's they always, say, Well, I I'd love for us to fight your guy, but this is how it's gotta be. Right. Mm. And the other promoter's like, Well, I guess it's never gonna happen because we don't agree to that. And then mm. then the people that suffer are the fans where we go, Oh, cool. So we don't get to see Fury versus Usyk, David versus uh Goliath. We you don't get to see that. Fantastic. Great. Thank yeah. you so much for all of your hard work. Yeah. Very frustrating. Very tough. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed in the crowd that was there uh, for the co-main and, uh, you know, the earlier fights on this. Um, you know, UFC usually has a lot of people in the building much before the main event. It seemed like it was still half full at the co-main event. Uh, I don't know why that is, and it was very weird to see because people were paying big money for tickets to this event, and uh, they couldn't even been bothered. Uh, they only really were there to see the main event. Yeah. Um, now, now, where where was this fight? Was this in Vegas or was it somewhere else? Yeah, in Vegas. T-Mobile Arena there. For, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, it's unfortunate, too, sometimes because, like, you know, like, these are celebrities – it doesn't necessarily mean they're actually fight fans yeah. or real boxing fans. Yeah. So they're only there just to watch like the main event and they'll come in late, whatever, or even in the second round of the main event where you're just like, well, why would you pay 10 grand if you're just going to miss the fight? Anyways, whatever that that's what rich people do. But <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's the other thing. Like rich people go to these things to be seen not sure. necessarily for the boxer, the boxers themselves. Yeah. Right. So you, that's why you we would have a stadium that's not as full as it should be as the co-main is coming on. Because as far as I'm concerned, the co-main's coming on, the stadium should be full. Yeah. Everybody should be there seated and watching the fights now. But right? yeah, the UFC uh, has to get out of the apex. Uh, the there's just no fans there, no energy. I, I really think it takes a big hit uh, when they're there. Uh, I know they realize that that fight was going on down the street and they thought, no way, uh, we're not going to put on a big event, um, you know, in Vegas on that night, but uh, they should have found somewhere else around the country to have it. I would have been very interested to see the numbers with the boxing against the UFC. If the UFC decided to try to go head to head, big card, it would have been interesting, um, you know, just to see if boxing would have surpassed it, uh, even, even if they had, big fights on the docket uh, for the UFC. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if they could have uh, surpassed it. But sometimes I think the UFC is very strategic in what they're doing now because they, they, they because of COVID, they had to go to the Apex Center. And then I think just having the having certain like um, cards at the Apex decreases their costs like a significant amount, like so much right. that they're willing to lose out on the gate for people coming to the arena. They're willing to lose out on that because they save so much more. Sure. And then for this particular card, I thought, yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea to have it at the apex. You didn't have a lot of name fighters. Big you know what I mean? Yeah. No yeah, big so, yeah. So, so even trying to fill an arena with this kind of card, you're just kind of like, oh, well, 
we'll get somebody. We'll get some things there. Right. You, you, they would have had to take it to a city that they they rarely visit for this card to like you know go off. Sure. Uh, biggest news that came down today was the Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets deal has finally been done. Uh, it's been talked about for months, uh, speculated for maybe years. Uh, Aaron Rodgers every offseason seemed to be uh, contemplating, uh, you know, future. It was just uh, kind of painful. I I would mostly just turn it off as soon as they would talk about Rodgers the last few weeks because it was just like, you know, I really just want to pay attention once something's done. And something finally did get done today. Um, Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay, to me, it was a bust. Uh, you know, he's a four-time MVP, but they won one Super Bowl in the entire time he was there. Uh, you know, they they had a lot of great regular seasons, but, you know, you don't really get the fame and the notoriety and, uh, you know, where you should be listed in the upper echelon unless you win championships. And he only won one. So to me, uh, you know, it's great. Thanks for winning us a lot of regular season games, but you didn't really deliver, did you? Well, you you can argue that he did it once. And and let's be honest, winning a Super Bowl is hard. Yeah. Like not everybody's like Tom Brady where they just go, well, it was actually pretty easy. Seven, right? seven yeah. <laughs> so so you know what i mean like it, it's hard but at the same time i understand what you're saying because uh, i believe uh rogers was there in, in green bay for 14 15 years or something like that and so for him to be there that long and and be uh playing at such an elevated level uh so high and only win one uh super bowl a little bit disappointing i guess yeah maybe they could there could have been two maybe even three but here's the good thing that the packers can 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 take away from they don't have to deal with that dude anymore yeah now and like that that guy is just he's just news and notes all the time whether he's pissed off or he's calling people out he's calling people on his podcast these are his own teammates <laughs> well now now the manager just does not deal with the prima donna anymore now the jets Get that honor. You get to deal with the prima donna. Good luck. Godspeed. Yeah. Um, does it does it really make the Jets a contender now? Uh, do they, you know, are they able to really be somebody that's uh, one of the Super Bowl favorites? Oh, okay. First off, no. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't see Rogers turning them into Super Bowl favorites just overnight. I, I think they're going to win more games in the regular season. I think that will improve. But if you're trying to tell me Rogers is back, Rogers is here, we're going to – no, man. No, I'm sorry. There's not going to be any ticker tape parade. No. This is not happening. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, yeah, great. Uh, you know, they're going to win more games, but – um, yeah, he's not bringing them a title. He's old. You know, he might have one or two years left. Uh, you said 14, 15 years. I think he's been there 18 or something like that. Oh, uh, I think this sorry. might be he's coming into his 19th year. Uh, Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls in a 20-year career. Aaron won one in an 18-year career. Uh, those numbers to me are just, you know, it shows that 
he is nowhere near Tom Brady and uh, should never even be considered in in that category or uh, that conversation as uh, one of the greatest ever. Um, but yeah, finally, we don't have to talk about it. Hear about the speculation. It's done. Hopefully, he'll just shut the hell up, play some football, take the Jets, maybe win them a couple of playoff games, hopefully, and uh, yeah, fade off into the sunset from there. So uh, I do want to talk about the NBA, though. Uh, the NBA has been uh, pretty um, fun to watch. Obviously, the playoffs um have are in full swing uh most of the games or most of the series are through four games uh there are um, some series that are playing their fourth game this evening uh the biggest news that came down today was uh De'Aaron Fox has broken his index finger and um supposedly he he broke it somewhat late in the game and he still hit you know some big buckets uh but they say there's going to be some kind of uh, device on his finger to help it. Uh, can't see that being good for handling a ball, shooting the ball, you know, dribbling, passing, uh, anything. Uh, I think this is a massive blow for the Kings and and might really just swing this series uh, back to Golden State, who have uh, – Crawled out of an 0-2 hole and uh, you know took the last two games. Even though last last yesterday's game was scary as hell, uh, it is tied at two now, and De'Aaron Fox is a little banged up. That's a huge blow for the Sacramento Kings. Like that that that's a big deal. That's a big deal because that's their Mister Clutch player that they rely on the fourth quarter. Who came through again in that game that we're just talking about? He came through in the fourth and. Gave the Sacramento Kings a chance to win the game. Harrison Barnes misses the three at the end of the game, but they gave gave him a chance. So with that guy now being questionable and not being 100%, not good. That's not good. Because Fox scored 38 points, had nine rebounds and five assists. Yeah, He's he's a big deal for that offense. And if he's not going 100%, then that means everybody else is really going to have to step up. And the guy that's actually going to really have to step up more than anything for the fifth game for the Kings and Warriors, I think it's going to be uh, DeMontis Sabonis. He's going to have to really take charge and lead this team because if Fox is going to be having troubles, which he definitely is with a broken finger, that guy's going to have to step up. Most times when you have two teams going into a game, they talk about the superstar that, oh, we're not going to be able to stop him. We can only just hope to contain him. A lot of times uh, teams say, uh, we'll let him go off as long as we can contain everybody else. And you mentioned Sabonis. He has really been underwhelming in this series, uh, only averaging 16 and a half points, has been really shut down by Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. This past game when Draymond comes back off his suspension – when Draymond was the number one defender on him, he was only two for seven from the floor. Kevon Looney was much better than him in game three and really dominated him in the paint. Uh, I didn't suspect this after such a great year for Sabonis. Um, you know, double-double machine who was just really able to put up a ton of points and be that secondary scorer for Sacramento, but... Um, that defense and that interior paintwork has been phenomenal for the Warriors. Yeah, I know it's been a phenomenal for the Warriors, and I think uh, one of the the big reasons for that is uh, is Wiggins. 
is Wiggins coming back has made a huge difference for their interior defense. He had a couple blocks uh, last game, and he played well with 18 points, eight rebounds. I'm still amazed at the way that he's come back and the way that he's contributed to the team because he, you know, you forget he hadn't played basketball for almost three months before this. So it's, it it is, it is very, very impressive. And then of course, Stephen Curry was stellar again, as he always is 32 points, five rebounds, four assists. Yeah. But the Kings, they have to be somewhat concerned, man, because of the the injury now to De'Aaron Fox. Yes, he's going to play, but he's not going to be the same guy. So be concerned. If Harrison Barnes hits that shot, are, is Steph Curry getting a lot more criticism today for his timeout that they didn't have the Chris Webber move and uh, calling a timeout when they didn't have one? Uh, that was a pretty big screw-up. Um Steve Kerr took total blame of it, but, uh, you know, should Steph have known that they didn't have a timeout? I, I think to a some, certain extent that the players got to be aware situationally of where they're at in the game. I, I think I think you just have to be aware. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Because like, it's like, you know, just have to count on your hands. Like, How many timeouts we get? How many did we already do? But at the same time, I can understand you're caught into – you're caught in the moment. And I didn't see it off the sideline, but I didn't see if Steve Kerr was yelling for a timeout either. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't he, know. No, Steve, no, Steve knew that he they didn't have one because immediately he put his hands on his head and said, what did you do? We don't have any timeouts. Uh, okay. And, okay. Uh, you know, from the timeout, the last timeout that they did have, I'm surprised that the players didn't talk about it. Some of the assistant coaches didn't chime in. Yeah. Steve didn't mention it. Uh, the only other person that I can blame for that also is uh, when Steph is moving the ball up the court, nobody gave him an outlet pass. He had two defenders on him trying to trap him. Uh, Draymond wasn't here. Draymond sort of took some blame that said, I should have been somewhere for him to you know, pass the ball to. Some of his teammates should have been around to help him get out of that situation and not have to call a timeout. Well, yeah, yeah, that like, yeah, and also too, yeah, his 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 teammates really did. They left him on an island unto himself. They didn't break out. They didn't try to cut hard so they get open so they get the ball. They can get the ball in open space from him. So it, it it sucked, but it didn't cost them the game, and they got lucky that it didn't cost them the game. Like so, it would have been a very big deal if all of a sudden Sacramento hits that shot. Kings are up three one, and then. The news stories are definitely different than what they are now. I I know your boss. I've worked for your boss. And um, I kind of know this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, if you called in and told him that you couldn't come to work because he had a bruise, what would his reaction be? Sorry, what was that again? Say it again. Say it again. If you called Perry and said, oh, I can't make it into work today. I, I got a bruise. Uh, what was his? What would his reaction be? His reaction would be, oh, so you're on load management? Oh, okay, I understand, Jason. We will see you in two to three weeks' time, okay? <laughs> and I'd be like, thank you, Perry. Thank you for your understanding. We'll talk to you later. And then that would be it. That That's what we call load management, buddy. That's load management. <laughs> what, if you, um, what if you said you had a sore knee? Um, would there be any different reaction? 
Well, if it's a sore knee, that's that's a month, my friend. <laughs> you know, I see me for a month. Wow. He knows that. Shoot. I got we we you know this. We have the most physical jobs in our departments. So if we get dinged up, well that that's just part of the job. And they know it's like got dinged up, man. He's out five weeks. He'll be back. He'll be back. That's that's <laughs> hilarious. Wow. I, I, I can't wait to see that happen. Uh, tell me about it happening. Let's try it. Let's try it as soon as you get back to work. Uh, make those calls. I'm going to listen in on the call. <laughs> then I'm going to phone Perry about five minutes later, pretending I wasn't even there, and just hear his reaction for real. Uh, <laughs> um the reason why I'm asking that is because it's becoming an epidemic in the NBA playoffs. Uh, guys are sitting out with bruises, sitting out with sore knees, sitting out with the littlest, littlest niggling injuries that I'm shocked by. Uh, Giannis, who, you know, I consider a pretty tough guy. He has a bruise on his ass and he's decided he's not going to play a couple games. It's called a bruise. They said it's contusion to his lower back. It was a bruised ass, and he's missed a couple games. And now uh, Miami's two to one up and really got the upper hand on the series. Um, you know, this has started to become ridiculous. Look at look at the Clippers. Clippers are on the brink of losing out. Uh, Paul George out. Kawhi Leonard out. Um, what the hell? It's happening all over this entire uh, NBA and uh, you know, these guys are this soft that they're going to sit out over a bruise or a sore knee. Come on. What the hell? Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, it, here's what I'll say. Okay. So yes, the heat did win. they took advantage of the fact that Giannis wasn't there, they're up two to one. He went one twenty one to 99, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to actually have defense for Giannis. I have no defense for Kawhi. I'm sorry that I just thought, but for Giannis, I saw, the awkwardness and the way and how hard he fell, that looked extremely painful, like, like extremely painful. And there's been, you know, there's history of that happening in other playoffs past where the guy couldn't continue. He could not come back into the game or he could not be there for the next game because of the fact that he literally couldn't move his body because his back is stiff enough. So I'm going to give Giannis that I'm going to give him. Okay. But, but when it comes to Kawhi, and this weird degenerative knee thing that he's had for his entirety of his life, apparently. Um, I don't know what to say with that because in the second game where apparently it was already, he was already fighting through it. Apparently in the second game, yeah, I didn't, you can't see him struggling. No. And I believe he, he scored like 38 points. So I, 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 I couldn't see it. So I, I didn't know that he was even hurt. Yeah, but I was surprised to see that I'm like, oh, so he's not in game three, or in game four. So you know, because you know what that means, right? Uh, the Clippers are not going to win the series. No, they're done. They have now lost the series. They've lost the series. So S Steve Ballmer needs to pick up the phone or walk down the to the office of Michael Winger and say, get rid of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. This experiment did not freaking work. I do not want to spend money on these idiots anymore. Get them out of here. Let's get some players that can play the game. Uh, these guys are unreliable and have been pretty much their entire Clippers career. Uh, this has, is a bad, bad, bad failed experiment.
Well, it, it just it just it sets a bad precedent for like the franchise because they've just been putting up for it with it for so long that now they just think because that's not actually normal. It's not normal to have your two main stars not be available to play for fifty percent of your season or whatever it is because it's an absorbent amount of games and it's it's even ridiculous the percentage of games that they played together over the course of four years that they've been on the team. Not much. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like whenever you kind of go outside and you see your neighbor, and you're like, "Hey, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. How you doing?" It's like, "Oh, you know, not bad, not bad." That's how they do it, yeah. and they're on the same team. <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh, barely, man, it's, they barely play with. Yeah, they barely play with each other and have since they started. And and he made them get George. Uh, they had to send a big package. Uh, a way to to get Paul George over there, and uh, they just have not delivered, and it's been really rough. Um, there was some pretty alarming news that came out over the weekend about Kawhi Leonard and his family, and I, I, this has to be a distraction. This has to be something that's tough to deal with. I know that you can't control your family, and maybe you know you shouldn't. It, it shouldn't affect your job, but uh, you know why would the Clippers? want to have this negative press around them why do you know it's got away on a guy when his sister gets sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for murdering somebody over trying to rob them uh that is just horrible 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 and uh something that i'm sure has affecting him his entire family and you know this is just another thing that makes me think that uh his time there should be gone and uh, you know that they should move on from Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it it that particular situation is absolutely horrendous. It's horrible. Uh, the fact that he, he even has to like now answer questions in regards to his sister, uh, her going to to prison forever. It sucks. It sucks. And not only does he have to now answer these questions, he also has to answer questions of hey. So what do you think? You you gonna play tonight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On top of everything else, yeah. you know, like he's like, for me, honestly, I I look at these injuries and I go, oh, I guess he's injured. Because at the end of the day, it's about want. What do you want? Yeah. You want to play and hopefully go on. Do you want to you want to play play through so that you can be seen as greatness, like. Perfect example of what I'm trying to talk about is uh, when I was watching the Knicks-Cavs, which was an, another stellar series. I really Great like series. that series. Yeah. Um, Bernard King was in the audience. Remember what that dude did in the in the playoffs? How yeah. he played through, like, I think, like, a, he basically played on one freaking leg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh. We don't do that. The, NBA, the modern NBA player goes, oh, yeah, that was awesome. So inspirational. I will not do that. Yeah, but uh, that they don't want to do that. But so what they're willing to give up is the championship. Yeah, that's what you're willing to give up. Yeah. You don't want to play? That's cool. Somebody else that wants it more than you will play, and they'll win. Uh, there was a perfect example. Uh, a lot of people have always, you know, especially Canadians, have always said, you know, Canadian hockey players are, you know, so tough and prove it all the time. There was an incident that happened. In one of the games uh, just l last week, uh, one of the players got knocked to the ground right in front of the crease. 
and uh, there was a big scramble around, and the goalie skate came up and caught him just by his eye. It cut him above his eye like this, went up his forehead and sort of sliced down. Uh, 75 stitches in the locker room, and he comes back and plays uh, the rest of the game once they finish stitching up the cut. Um, that You should see how ugly his eye was. You should see how close it was for him to be permanently blinded. And uh, he decides to come back and play the rest of the game. It was, it was shocking. And NBA players, uh, you know, they're becoming like soccer players, faking injuries, falling down, looking like they're hurt all the time, and then sitting out for just little things that there's no way some of these tough guys in other sports would ever even consider sitting out for. Yeah, well, you know what? But hockey's hockey's a different sort of animal altogether. Those guys are tough. Those, those are those are tough yeah. men yeah. that play that game, right? They kind of like I, I liken them to like football players, where it's like, oh no, we play until we can't like literally play. Like those are real injuries. We can't we can't play. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like can't yeah. play. Oh, we talk about it all the time. The UFC, the UFC, uh, you know, guys, they they got broken things and they're still fighting and, you know, they'll come back. They'll, you know, prove how tough, tough athletes you are. It's too bad that the NBA is becoming so soft and, you know, we're not getting to see these teams at full strength. We all want to see the superstars play. We all want to see these teams at their best ability fighting each other. It makes, makes for compelling basketball, it makes for, me wanting to watch and millions and millions of people wanting to watch the stars against each other, the best against the best. That that makes it so much better than just, oh, yeah, well, th- this team doesn't have those, their two guys. This team doesn't have one guy. These teams, yeah, well, we don't know what's going to happen because this guy's out, that guy's out. It's like it's almost every single day now. And, and basketball is not a tough sport. There shouldn't be this many guys sitting out for injuries. Uh, football is a tough sport. Basketball isn't. Well, you know what? I Because – when you said it like that, like you want to see the best on best, how awesome was it like in game one and two where you saw Durant guarding um, guarding Kawhi and Kawhi guarding Durant? Amazing. That was awesome Amazing. because that's best on best yeah. and they're they're going at each other and nobody's trying to hide from the other on the defensive end. They're just like, no, nope, guard just straight up. Let's go. Like that's that's what we all want to see. And it and it and it sucks that we don't get to see that when it's just like oh, but man, injured. No, yeah, I may see you in game six if we can make it there. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> not, <laughs> so. not fun. Not good. Yeah, uh, I do want to just touch really briefly on each series. Um, let's just start in the West. We'll go number one seed, number two down in the road. So we'll start with Denver, Minnesota. Uh, it looked like Denver was going to probably sweep them out. Uh, Minnesota had a really good run in the fourth quarter, got up by 12, and then they collapsed completely and let Denver tie the game, send it into overtime. I thought once that went into overtime, this is it. Denver's going to flex their muscle, uh, end up sweeping them out of there. But uh, Minnesota fought back, got a great win. Anthony Edwards is really emerging as a superstar, had a great finished to that game and uh, pulled out the win. I think, uh, you know, Denver's going to take this series and, you know, probably the next game, but uh, at least Minnesota didn't get swept and they staved off elimination for now. 
No, they staved off elimination. I did say that. I mentioned that. Minnesota would probably win one game because of Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And then what happened? Because of Anthony Edwards, they win this game. <laughs> yeah. he, and he was stellar. He was he hit big shots when he needed to hit big shots. Had 34 points, six rebounds, five assists. But Nuggets didn't make it easy, and they didn't make it easy on themselves when they were up by 12 in the fourth, and then all of a sudden the Nuggets rallied. And they yeah. rallied behind their two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, with 43 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. And, and one, of, one of the most impressive um, points that he got was when he was faced up with Gobert at the top at the top of the three-point line, and he just goes, ah, I'll just shoot it. Swish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, like, it was a long-distance yeah, one, too. Yeah, and uh, yes. yeah, he just decided, okay, I can hit this. And, uh, yeah, it was an uh, amazing shot. And, yeah, he's, he's really flexing his muscle in this series and looking great. Um, they go back to Denver for game five tomorrow. That's the late game tip-off, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Probably now that it's back in the uh, altitude of Denver, back home in front of their fans, the game, the, the series is probably done then. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think I – think, uh... Uh, the the Timberwolves run comes to an end uh, tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Gobert and Towns did have decent games. Both had double doubles uh, in this past one, but for the most part, they have uh, underperformed in the series. And you can't win with just Ant Man doing what he's doing. I think uh, this will be done. Uh, let's turn to the second seed, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they had an absolutely unbelievably horrible start to uh, game three on Saturday and uh, just completely let the Lakers dominate them. Uh, it was 35 to nine after one. It was just like, what the hell? Did you guys forget what time it started? And uh, Lakers were able to, you know, pull out a 10 point victory, but um John Morant was fantastic, but uh, he didn't have anybody else helping him get there, and uh, Lakers pulled out the win. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it, it, you know what? It seemed that the Grizzlies were affected by. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. it seemed that the Grizzlies were affected by one player on their team, Dylan Brooks. Every time that dude touched the ball, ah, ah, it's just like you know, like. But he, but this team brings it upon themselves. Yeah. They're brash. They got swagger. They're young. They like to poke, prod the bear, pull on Superman's cape, which is LeBron James, who's, yes, he's an old man, but he's an old man that had 25 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and you can't stop this old man from scoring no. whenever he wants. So, yeah, you you should keep antagonizing him. That's a good look for you, and it seems to be working, so keep doing that. Yeah, Anthony Davis was awesome. This is absolutely awesome. 31 points, 17 rebounds. Incredible game. And yes, and you're right. Uh, Morant was on an island unto himself. He had 45 points, nine rebounds, 13 assists. He was he was stellar. He was awesome. But then the next guy was Desmond Bain, his backcourt partner. He had a pretty good game, 18 points, five rebounds, but then there was nobody else after that. Nobody else. So yeah, yeah. I feel I feel sorry for Jaw in a way. Uh he was his own worst enemy this year, but uh, when he's on, he's one of the most athletic guards. Uh, he's, you know, fearless, goes through the paint, will do anything it takes uh, to fall one rebound short of a triple-double at 45 points. Um, he did everything. But, uh, you know, Bain had 18 and 
Jaron Jackson had 13. Nobody else was even even anywhere. So this was a uh, you know, one-sided affair. Um, the Lakers are getting great contributions from their bench as well. Uh, Rui Hachimura had another decent game, 16 points. Austin Reeves had 13. D'Angelo Russell had 17 points. So, uh, you know, the scoring is going down, not just on AD and LeBron. And, uh, yeah, the Lakers are, are you know, looking, looking pretty decent. Um, up 2-1. Uh, game four goes tonight, and uh, what is it? Seven o'clock. Uh, uh, yeah, seven o'clock uh, Eastern time, four o'clock Pacific. I guess the tip-off is. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Um, John Moran actually ha- uh, scored twenty-two points in a row for Memphis in that fourth quarter. Uh, as I said, he took it on himself. Um, Dylan Brooks. Uh, wants to be a bad guy. He's a Canadian. He, you know, untypical Canadian. He wants to kind of be uh, Draymond Green 2.0. Um, do you think uh, that hit to the groin deserves a suspension? Um, do you think he shouldn't be playing in this next game? <sighs> well, there's been a, there's been so many things that have gone on so far in this the playoffs with Harden hitting hitting that guy in the groin. Bead kicking Claxton in the groin, uh, groin shots. Um, I I don't know. I I guess if the league didn't didn't suspend him even further, then I, I guess he's fine. I understand why they did it to Draymond because he's Draymond's. He does these things. Yeah, but you know what? I was watching I was watching a podcast with uh, and I and I really like him, JJ Reddick. I love yeah. I love what he, his analysis. I love what he has to say. Oh man, he said that. Yeah, the context though of if you look at Sabonis and what they what they've been doing, they've been actually antagonizing Draymond Green, yeah, and trying to bait him. Oh yeah, and finally it fine and they finally got him. All right, but at the same time, are you trying to tell me the refs are stupid enough that they don't see what's going on in the game? Of course they see what's going on in the game, right? So, anyways, regardless, um, yeah. Dylan Brooks is there. He's going to play. But here's the thing that that idiot just doesn't seem to get. LeBron James is a Hall of Famer, and he's been in bigger games than you've ever been in since you've been born. So when you antagonize a man that's been that good for that long, he's probably just going to make it his life's mission just to beat your team. Yeah. Then that that's what that's what you've asked for. Yeah, this... I will beat you then. Fine, <laughs> you pissed me off this much. I will make I will personally make sure. Forget Anthony Davis. I'll make sure that I beat. Yeah, this is the worst person of his generation to poke. You know, uh, this is a guy that uh, really you know usually is super calm, not playing with the fire that we saw, fire intensity that we saw with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Killers yeah. like that, and but uh, yeah, you piss a guy off, he's gonna say, "Okay, f you, I'm gonna show you," and he hasn't. This is a big mistake by Brooks, I think, and it yeah. has, it hasn't worked so far, and it probably won't. Um, one thing that uh, I do want to mention about the uh, the Kings Warriors series was how Draymond ended up coming off the bench. Uh, I understand that after Game Three, he drove over. Uh, Draymond left his house and drove over to the arena and found Steve Kerr in, in his in his office and said, can I have a sit down with you? And they sat down and 
they start having a conversation and both Steve and Draymond say that Draymond asked to come off the bench. He said that he thought that that would be better. Um, he hasn't come off the bench in a playoff game since even Steve Kerr was there. 2014 was the last time he did. And uh, he really seemed to be knowing that it was a selfless act and uh, he would still be able to come out and contribute. He had a great game. And uh, I thought it was super smart of Draymond and it might bode well for him staying with the Warriors in the future because he's willing to take whatever role that they can give him. First off, that's a real teammate. That's a real teammate going, this is what the team needs, I believe. Uh, and then him making sure that him and his coach are on the same page saying, I think I could be better served if I do this. Like that, that's as mature and responsible move as I've ever heard of. There's nobody who ever wants to just come off the bench. Nobody wants to do that. Actually, you know what? I'd say Draymond Green's move is uh, is reminiscent of Manu Ginobili, where it's like, I'm willing to sacrifice for the team so that we can be better. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that from Draymond because we have seen some crazy antics and some things where, you know, you're, you shake your head and wonder, you know, what are you thinking? You're getting suspended in the playoffs and harming your team's ability to go farther, but uh, this was a really, really good move and, and you know, uh, selfless and, and all for his team. I I was very impressed and I'm, I'm you know, happy that that he's willing to accept that role uh, coming back from a suspension that, you know, he shouldn't have taken and he shouldn't have got. So, uh, you know, good on him, really good on him. Um, we mentioned the Kawhi Leonard thing. Uh, it looks like Phoenix is going to be able to – uh, you know, knock them out. Uh, probably it'll it'll happen uh, game five, which is tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern tip-off time. Uh, you know, they they just don't have the horses in L.A. with both Kawhi and, and Paul George gone. Uh, and this looks like uh, it'll be over in, in five games for, for, for Phoenix. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, because... You don't have superstars to combat Durant or Booker. And Durant had 31 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Booker had 30 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Yeah. yeah. And then you – and then – but I will say this. Jesus, Russell Westbrook showed up. Big time. Like, like, yeah. like, like I, was, I was amazed. I was impressed. I was like, wow, I haven't seen this version of Westbrook. Didn't think I'd see him again. No. 37 points, six rebounds, four assists. It looks like them getting the Clippers getting Westbrook was actually for the best because without that dude, Clippers get blown out. Absolutely yeah. crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. No, that was uh, impressive and uh, good on him to just go to the visitors locker room across the uh, concourse uh, from the Lakers locker room and, and really, you know, resurrect himself and, uh, you know, give give the Clippers all he had. And he, uh, yeah, he's played phenomenal in the playoffs and looked really good. Um, but, yeah, they're overmatched now that Kawhi's out and doesn't look – I doubt Kawhi's going to play again, so that, that series is done. Uh, let's turn to the East. Um, we'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks, number one seed against the Heat. We briefly mentioned it, uh, 121-99 blowout by the Heat. Jimmy Butler – um, really, really having a, a phenomenal series. Uh, 30 points in 28 minutes for them. 
Uh, they sp spread the scoring around incredibly well. Uh, six players in double figures. Uh, both Bam Adebayo and Caleb Martin had 12 points, 11 rebound double doubles. And um, it was, uh, yeah, impressive for them. Uh, Jimmy Butler set a heat record for the most points in the first three games of the series with 90. Uh, LeBron only had 89 and Wade only had 88 uh, in the history. So Jimmy set setting a record there. Uh, the only real downfall and drawback of that game was Victor Oladipo going down with yet another injury, blew out his knee, will have surgery this week and will be out six months. His third surgery in the past four years, and he's been severely hampered trying to come back from those first two surgeries on his hamstring, and now he's having to deal with this. Uh, there was tears on the, on the sideline from his teammates. Uh, everybody had... Uh, heavy hearts when he went down because he's he's worked so hard to come back and it was really really tough to see and a, a lot of these injuries i think are 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 for oladipo go back to that that mat that really bad injury that he had and i think it was due to his hamstring or his quadriceps or something yeah. like that yeah. hamstring and, and it's uh, basically no no actually i believe it's his, his quad yeah i believe it was the top of his quad. knee quad there yeah yeah, and yeah. and it's basically it has turned that like like it it just compromised his whole leg on that side, especially around his knee, and he's had problems with it going forward, and it sucks because he has really he's he's, he's put in so much work to try to come back onto the court and do what he can and stuff, and it and it it's hard, it's hard to see that from anybody like where they tried that hard and they just keep having to have they keep having these injuries happen to him so that that's a big blow for the heat that's unfortunate but one 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 uh thing that was a positive for the heat was there was a duncan robinson sighting in this yeah game. 20 and points he, yeah wow 20 points and he was freaking he was flamethrowing from behind three yeah. they need that guy yeah. to play and play well and and to be on point i guess he he hasn't had the greatest of seasons and stuff so if they can get him shooting the way that he can shoot again, well, then you know what, Giannis better come back quick. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to work on it. Come back in this game. So. Yeah, uh, Duncan's got to work on his defense. He's a liability out yeah. there, but if you have but, other defensive stoppers on the floor, he's a flamethrower and really can put the you know ball in the hoop and and get you a lot of points and always has. But uh, he became somebody they couldn't trust defensively, and he started becoming le uh, lesser having a lesser and lesser role so um but yeah if they need points um he's a he's a guy that can contribute to that big time um yeah Giannis is supposedly coming back today uh tip off is like in 45 minutes uh from what we're doing the podcast now uh I'm sure Giannis um, will contribute heavily and we'll see what happens in game four here it is uh in Miami down in South Beach so um home court advantage for the heat uh if they go up three to one uh 96 percent of teams uh win a series when it's up to three games to one so i don't see um uh, if miami can win this game i don't see milwaukee coming back but uh this the record is 258 and 13 when it's three games to one so uh yeah this is a huge 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 game We'll see if Giannis is compromised at all, and we'll see if Miami can um, get the, get a big victory in game four here. 
Uh, okay, let's go to the uh, Boston Celtics. They were the second seed facing off against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Hawks were able to get game three. Uh, this has been a super high-scoring series, but uh, when you have you know those, those two guys that contribute so much, Brown and Tatum, uh, usually, uh, you know, there's no way another team can uh, win a series against them. Uh, you've got uh, White and Smart scored in double figures. Robert Williams had a phenomenal game, 13 points and 15 boards in only 29 minutes. And, um, yeah, this is uh, looking like Boston's probably going to be able to close this out to tomorrow, 4.30 tip-off in Boston. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Hawks, they, they, they fought. They fought well, but at the end of the day, the Celtics are just so much better. <laughs> just yeah. a better team. They're a better team than them. And and you know, like the 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 defensive strategies and the length, I think give the the Hawks a lot of problems, especially Trey Young. Even though Trey Young did have a great he, he had a good game. Yeah. And put up a lot of shots to get his points though. True. A lot of shots. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like so Trey did score, but Again, they had to put up a lot of shots. And the one guy that really showed up for the Hawks was DeAndre Hunter. He had a stellar game, but still not enough to beat the Celtics, man. And, yeah, the, the Hawks, unfortunately, just don't have enough to beat the Celtics, yeah. especially when you have guys like Brown and Tatum who just go, hey, how many points do you think you're going to score tonight? I'm thinking about 30, 31. Don't worry. I'll score about the same. We should be fine. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, cool. This yeah, one, yeah, I saw back, you know, both got 31. That was, uh, you know, yeah, all she wrote. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Hunter played great, 27. Trey Young, you, you did mention lots of shots, but 35 and 15 dimes. Uh, that's yeah. a hell of a game. Uh, the one big blow, though, that looks like it's going to happen was Deontay Murray had a brain cramp last night, still mad at the official, decided he would go and approach him and and yell at him for a missed call, and he bumped him. Uh, all, all, almost always an automatic suspension when you come into contact with the referee. I'm thinking we're going to hear in the coming hours that he has been suspended for this next game. That was stupid. I would, like he got his emotions got the best of him, and, and it can. But there's one thing that you really have to know is you can't touch the official, son. Can't do that. You cannot do that. And as soon as you do that, well, now, there you go. You, you yeah. now get to sit at home with your lovely wife and children, and you get to watch the, your team play. Enjoy the couch because it's you're you're being you're sitting there one day earlier than your teammates. Yes. <laughs> you're not helping stave off elimination. Uh, super dumb move and. Unfortunately, too many young guys make these dumb moves, and this was a, a very, very bad mistake. He should have just taken his frustration out uh, somewhere else, uh, you know, not on a wall like we saw Jaden McDaniels, not on the dog, not on the wife. Uh, you know, you get your frustration out somewhere else. But uh, this was a horrible, terrible, terrible move, and boom, that was it. Um, okay. Uh, the only sweep that happened in the first round were the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they were able to dispatch the Brooklyn Nets in four games. Uh, incredibly low-scoring series. Just really a, a battle. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, had to miss some of the games and is 
50-50 if he's going to be able to be ready for the second round, I hear, uh, it, which it can't start anytime before Saturday, uh, which I understand. But, um, uh, yeah, crazy how the Sixers outscored the Nets 56-40 in the second half on the weekend there, uh, even without Joel Embiid. Uh, Tobias Harris played good. Her Arden was good. Paul Reed, another guy, uh, unheralded guy, stepped up. Uh, Brooklyn just did not have the horses. Completely ran out of gas, and and that was it. Their their series is done. They've gone fishing, as they say. And uh, uh, better luck next year. Yeah, yeah, better luck next year. Unfortunately, um, as I as I said before, they just don't have the talent to keep up with the Philadelphia 76ers. They never did. Yeah. Uh, they made it interesting the one game, but like, yeah, like the 76ers still beat the Nets without Joel Embiid, not even being there. So, you know, like that, yeah. that to me says everything I need to know about this series. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have to go back and retool and, Very and, you know, build their team around bridges. I think he's definitely worthy, but they get, they definitely need more people than that. They need yeah. more people than just him. Okay, the only other series, uh, we've just briefly touched on it, but let's just close it all, is the uh, New York-Cleveland series. Um, New York is uh, the fifth seed coming in. A uh, bit of an upset here. They're up three games to one after four. Um, now, if you had your team, you had the choice between Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, who do you want on your team? Uh, between Jalen Brunson and who? Donovan Mitchell. Wow, it looks like I'm taking Jalen Brunson, doesn't it? Yeah. It looks like Jalen Brunson was the right call, and he was always the right call to do, right? Because he's been stellar. He's been awesome. And the for the Cleveland Cavaliers, for them to go into the garden, that was literally their kryptonite. All of a sudden, we can't hit shots, and we can't shoot. We can't do anything here. Like, it was – I thought that that transformation was just – it was unbelievable. I'm like – they can't do anything in the garden. This is this is weird. Yeah, they stepped yeah. away from their the friendly confines of, of of Cleveland, and then all of a sudden, ah, we can't play any basketball here. That that's this is this is hard. Yeah, and and the other guy that stepped up while they were while while they were playing in in New York is oh, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett seems to have found himself. Yeah, twenty six points. You know, so um, I think. I think it's highly probable when they go back to Cleveland that the Knicks close it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't believe uh you know how much the bright lights, big city, uh, all the pressure it seems to have got to Cleveland. They were unable to do anything. Donovan Mitchell, three of fifteen, only eleven points, and only two in the second half. Two points in the second half from your star. It's not gonna get it done. Uh both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are supposed to be these two twin towers that are going to be getting all the rebounds, keeping the you know team from getting in the paint, being great defensive stoppers. And they, they had the same amount of rebounds as Mitchell had on the other side. It was uh, no, I mean, as, as Mitchell Robinson had, and it's, it's insane uh, how they just seem to implode there. You're right. It's like a kryptonite that Madison square garden was. And, um, yeah, I, I would be shocked if the series isn't done now. Uh, I think uh, the momentum's fully on New York side, and, and uh, you know, they probably close them out here this next game. Yeah, I I, I, I think 
all the momentum is on New York side, all the pressures on Cleveland side. And I, I just, I don't see them coming back in this series now. I really no. don't. No, it's, it seems to be done. And who would have thought Jalen Brunson was better than Donovan Mitchell and Charlotte yeah. Hornets, Michael Jordan, uh, make Jason proud, go get Jalen Brunson and uh, build your team around him. Uh, <laughs> like, let's make Charlotte relevant again. And uh, Jalen Brunson went from, you know, a cast off in Dallas to, uh, you know, leading the Knicks to the second round. This is super impressive. No, actually, it's even better than that. Jalen Brunson cast off from the Mavericks. The Mavericks look like they were headed to the playoffs. Get Kyrie all out of the playoffs. And, and then they go golfing. While Jalen Brunson goes, oh, that's cool. I didn't want to go golfing yet. I'll go with this team, my new yeah. team, and I'll keep playing in the playoffs and get to the second round. So, cool. See you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, game uh, five goes Wednesday, early window, 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. And uh, that's it for the NBA story. Uh, okay, we had a UFC. I, I talked earlier, it not being, you know, the uh, greatest card stacked with names, but we had basically a number one contender fight coming out in the heavyweight division. Uh, a guy that, uh, if he had a very strong showing, against uh, one of these top guys, uh, really had a shot at the title. Uh, we had number three against number four. Uh, Sergei Pavlovich comes in on a five knockout, first round knockout win streak against Curtis Razorblades, who's the most uh, decorated takedown artist in the heavyweight division. And uh, this was a one-sided affair. Uh, Pavlovich is one of those steroided up cheating <laughs> Russians that uh, just decided to beat on blades pretty badly. And uh, here we go. Uh, he's sort of taken over the, the next uh, position in line for the title. Once uh, looks like Johnny bones Jones will uh, defend it one time before he gets a shot, but uh, yeah, what do you think? Well, this is an incredible, impressive performance against, you know, a Russian, but, you know, still was impressive. Well, okay. Let's just be clear, though. You know, Pavlovich did pass his USADA thing, so we don't know about that other stuff. But this is what we do know. It was, he starched Blades. Like, Blades didn't even get a shot, get a chance to do his grappling or his wrestling. He, he got shook up with the right. Uh, that I think dropped blades immediately, and then he was never the same after that. Yeah, it was uh, Pavlovich is clearly one of the hardest punchers in the weight division, and he's shown it by taking these guys out first round, first round, first round. Does it again to the guy that's right behind him in the standings, right? Yeah. So if that doesn't tell you, I think he's ready for a title shot. I don't know what is. Um, if I'm John Jones, I'd be looking at him going, okay, he's a heavyweight that can has, has fast hands and extreme punching power. Yeah. Something to be wary of. Yeah. That geez. is something to be ultimately wary of. So I yeah. actually think that uh, you know, if Pavlovich has this type of performance against um the winner between Jones and Stipe, uh has a real, real, real shot at uh you know beating them. Uh he he looks uh incredible right now. Yeah, he looks really, really good. 
uh, he's 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 in he's just been he's just been destroying his competition. So uh, to me, he looks like he's the next guy coming up after the champ. So well, after the after after he fights Stipe, but this is the, he's the next guy up yeah. clearly. Like so, he's Pavlovich doesn't have to fight anybody else. I think he's just going to wait on the shelf and wait for a shot. To my right here, I've got my bank of TVs, and uh, they just announced the most improved player in the NBA this, for the season. Uh, it was between Jalen Brunson, Shade Gilgis Alexander, and Lori Markinen. Uh, who did you have your vote in for? Oh, I would have, I would have went with Markinen. I thought yeah, Markinen was actually pretty, very, very impressive this year. That's who won it. Yeah, he just won the uh, most improved player in the NBA this season. And, uh, yeah, tough competition. But um, uh, I see them speaking to him in Helsinki, Finland. Congratulations. Um, lots of awards have been handed out, and they're doing them nightly on the TNT broadcast. So, um, good on them. Uh, okay, back to the USC. So, Pavlich um, got his 50K uh, really – has probably nothing else to do for fights. Just wait for Jones and Stipe. Uh, I would advise him of that. Would you as well? Would you advise? Would you advise Pavlovich to wait for the winner of those two guys? Absolutely. He has nothing to gain from fighting somebody else. No man. He, for him, I'm Pavlovich. I go well. I guess I just wait now because. Look at what he just did to Curtis Blake. Like, there, he has nothing else left to prove. As far like, if I'm I'm his agent, he goes, no, no, man, he's he did all the things he needs to do. Now he can just wait and tell us when he gets to fight the champ. The longest knockout streak in UFC history is held by Chuck Liddell, uh, seven KOs in a row. Uh, Don Fry, one of the pioneers of the sport. Six and now Pavlovich slides into second place, tie with six KOs in a row, all in the first round. And holy cow, he looks so powerful! I hope it's not steroids, I hope it's not drugs. <laughs> Most Russians I don't trust, and so I think probably he's doing something, but uh, he's still a scary, scary, scary man right now. And uh Look out, whoever is the heavyweight champion after this next fight. He's coming, and uh, I could see the championship going back to Russia. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it whoever wins that fight, whenever they got to face this guy, Pavlovich, they're going to be in for a long night, man. It, it's, it's not going to be an easy fight whatsoever. Uh, another one of the fight of the night uh, went to the winner of the co-main event. Uh, Bruno Silva was able to dispatch Brad Tavares uh, with a really quick stoppage. Um, big, huge knee drops him and uh, went after him. Uh, I think Mark Smith stopped this a little soon. I didn't love it, but... It probably was inevitable. Silva looked really good in a in a quick quick win. I thought it was a little quick stoppage too. I will agree with you on that. I thought Tavares actually had a point of objecting against the quick stoppage because he was still with it. His eyes were still clear. Like not to say that if Silva had landed a couple more bombs as he was on the mat grounded, 
that he wouldn't have been knocked out. We don't know. Yeah. But I think I would have given him a little bit more time to recover if he can still fight through it. That's what I would have done, but that's not what happened. Yeah. Uh, Silva was fantastic. Uh, I, I think it wasn't a knee. I thought it was a, a check hook that he dropped him with initially. And then that's what led to his demise. But either way, great win by Silva. And unfortunately, Tavares back to the drawing board. Even though Tavares in those last two fights, I think he's lost both of them. But he looked great in both. He really did. He looked really good. Yeah, you're right. That was an initial knee and then a huge right dropped him to take him down. Yeah, that was the 20th KO uh, of his career for Bruno Silva. Uh, He's had the most middleweight KO since 2021. Four uh, did get the 50K bonus uh, against a guy that's been in the UFC forever. Um, Brad Tavares is actually right now the longest tenured middleweight. Uh, he started in June 19th of 2010. Uh, so, yeah, one of the guys that's been around the longest. Chris Weidman uh, came in a little bit after that. Uh, Nick Diaz. Um, and then we got Derek Brunson. Um, all those guys came in 2011-2012. Uh, longest tenured guy. In there doesn't have a long, long career, uh, 19 and nine with, I mean, doesn't have a lot of fights in that uh, time frame, but uh, 13 years in the UFC, it's a really long time. That, well, 13 years in combat sports is definitely a long time. And the fact that he's still doing it is a credit to him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Somebody that didn't get 50K, didn't even get his win bonus, uh, did not get, Anything, and he's really choked about that, is Bobby Green. Um, it, was because, it was called a no contest when uh, him and Jared Gordon's heads collided. Gordon hit the mat. Green landed a couple of grounded pound shots, and the fight was called over. Uh, once the referee went and talked to the officials, uh, they decided to call it a no contest. Bobby Green is really pissed about this, and I guess kind of should be. Um, what did you think about how it ended up being called a no contest? I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a good call. I thought it was a good call because Green went for a jab or a short left elbow, missed it, and hit him with his head. And that's what caused the knockdown, which caused him to win the fight. No, I I, I don't agree with you because that's not – headbutts are not allowed, so you can't win off a headbutt. And so I thought it was – I thought they actually got it right. I was glad that they they convened, they talked, they made sure that they got it right, and they did get it right. And for me, as far as I'm concerned, run it back. Let's do it yeah, again. Sure. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm a huge Bobby Green fan. They're going to run it back, and I think Green wins anyway. So Yeah. How fast do you think yeah. they can make it happen? Uh, you know, does – Gordon, uh, uh, it depends on how badly Gordon was actually hurt because it was he did get not he did get KO'd. You saw him go limp, so yeah. it kind of depends on how fast his recuperation is. Maybe, maybe a month from now, maybe three weeks from now. I don't, I don't know, but they should definitely do it uh, when Gordon is ready to go. Yeah. Uh, next fight I want to talk about is the Jeremiah Wells Matthew Semmelsberger fight. Holy cow, this was an amazing, amazing fight. Uh, Semmelsberger rocks 
Jeremiah at the beginning of all three rounds and can't take him out. Uh, Wells ends up taking the fight to the mat, keeping uh, control and getting ground and pound and, and getting the victory. Uh, but man, this was this was a hell of a fight. Semmelsberger is tough as nails, but could not take Wells out when he needed to. Um, I thought the fight was over in the first round because Wells came out like a house on fire, like he's just going to charge out and gets rocked by a right hand right away by Smellsberger. And I think Wells is like, oh, man, maybe that wasn't the smartest idea, running at this guy. <laughs> like, I think I think he had the realization of, oh, this guy can crack, like, hard. And he got rocked a lot. Like, I'll say this. Wells's uh, will to win was severely tested in this fight. Yeah. And he managed to figure out a way to get it done, and he got it done with his grappling and his wrestling because he was getting touched up on his feet. Oh, Quite yeah. simply said, he was he was not getting any advantage on his feet, so he went to the place where he did have an advantage, which was in the grappling realm. Won a very, very, very hard-fought victory. I personally thought that maybe uh, that Salzberger maybe won the first round, all right? Yeah. But I didn't understand the split decision. Sorry, yeah. man. Didn't get that part. Didn't get that part. Yeah. The, the weird thing is, you know, we talked about boxing and MMA being so different, completely different sports. Uh, if this is boxing, uh, I think Semmelsberger wins the first two rounds, 10-7, uh, 10-8. He got two knockdowns <laughs> in the first round, gets another yeah. knockdown in that second round. He yeah. has the fight wrapped up right then and there. Uh, but this is MMA, and I think that with Wells and what he did after surviving and then taking the fight to the ground and really dominating, getting some great uh, work in ground and pound, he took those rounds. And it yeah. was like, wow, uh, very tough for a boxing judge that has to come over and judge an MMA fight. Hopefully these were legitimate, true uh, MMA judges. But, yeah, that's what decision it doesn't make sense in MMA. Uh, cause well, no, no. I think, you know, won all, all three of those rounds, but, uh, they gave semi a 29, 28 decision. Uh, that that's right in boxing, but it's not an MMA. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I, I, I thought it was Wells 29, 28 and, yeah. and the fact that there was a, even a split decision, I was just like, I, again, it makes me raise an eyebrow and go, uh, uh, the judges are idiots once again, or it's a judge that doesn't even know what he's doing or whatever. But it's it's a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem until it's rectified. At least the good thing is for this particular fight, the right guy won yeah. as opposed to the other guy. So. Yeah. Uh, that's a six-fight win streak for Wells and uh, called out a top 15. I can't see why he's not already even in, in the top 15. Uh, such a powerful, powerful guy at 170. I can't even believe he makes 170. This guy looks so fucking big, and uh, yeah, he uh, you know he has so much power and and such great uh, takedown ability. Um, you know, he he was yeah he he was able to withstand that because he is so tough and uh, and, and get that victory a big big win. Uh, unfortunately, the Song Yadong Ricky Simone fight was canceled off this card. It will be the main event next weekend. 
Uh, that's too bad. We were both looking forward to that fight a lot, but I guess, um, yeah, we just got to wait a few more days and we'll be able to see it. Um, in the prelims, the uh, the feature fight on the prelims was the Gladiator against the Spartan. And uh, this was uh, also a one-sided affair. Uh, Rick Glenn has been around the UFC. I mentioned long tenure with Brad Tavares. Uh, Glenn is one of the longest tenured fighter in the lightweight division, uh, entered the UFC in 2006. Only two guys entered sooner, Clay Guida in 2003 and Jim Miller in 2005. Uh, Rick Glenn, third longest tenured fighter, but um, Yagos, once he landed that temple shot, uh, it was just uh, really quickly over with. Uh, maybe a quick stoppage there as well, but holy cow, did he ever get rocked by that shot? I don't think that's that. If there's one thing I can't say, this was not a quick stoppage. I did that was a correct stoppage. Um, it was pretty obvious to me that Gygos was the more powerful striker. He would explode in with his strikes, and I thought to myself, if Glenn is not careful, if he does not have his hands up in the correct defense, gets caught with one of those strikes, he, he's going out. And then he did. And it was a left hook that flatlined Glenn. Boom. And it was over first round. Great win by Geigos. But uh, yeah, I you could tell who was the more powerful fighter. And if he got caught with something, I thought Glenn was going out. And he did. Uh, Christos gets a 50K bonus for that. Uh, only 135. Only had to be in there for a minute and a half. Pretty sweet. Uh, Glenn had never been knocked out first time in his career in that long, long, long career. Um, even Yagos was the underdog coming in, uh, two coming off two losses in a row. He was able to um, get the victory. Uh, he just joined the new Kill Cliff MMA Florida gym with Henry Hooft as the main coach there, and uh, immediate dividends paid off for him. And anybody that uh, put a bet down um, got some good payment uh, for choosing the underdog. Um, 50K was also given out to the winner of the fight previous to that one, a bantamweight fight between Montel Jackson and Yanni Yaha. Yaya. Uh, ya, ya, Hani Yaya. Sorry. Hani Yaya. Um, Yaya is an old man that loves his submissions and tries to secure like a boa constrictor and grab your leg, grab your arm, something that he can uh, constrict into a place that you're going to tap to. But um, he, this was an, <laughs> this was a little tiny guy against the guy that's uh, on a good rise. And Montel was able to live up to his nickname, get a quick win, and, um, yeah, just dominate here uh, and get 50K for his troubles. Yeah, well, the thing with uh, Ronnie is he depends his whole his whole fight fight game is predicated on getting you down to the mat. If he doesn't get you down to the mat, there's a there's a strong chance that he won't win the fight. Yeah. Because like he's just that much of a wizard on the mat. Al Montel Jackson did the right thing by it, when he did get down to the mat and yeah, yeah, tried to, you know, take advantage of that, he was able to break the hold break the, the lock he had on his right arm, stand back up, force him up so that he could 
beat him at his game where he's best at, which is in the striking department. Hit him with that counter left, round and pound finish. Excellent win by Jackson. Um, knowing where it was easier for him to win this battle, which was definitely on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful counter left hook that dropped him and boom. That gives him four wins in a row. That's uh, third most in the division. Uh, both Marab Devashvili and Aljamain Sterling have eight in a row. Uh, you know, twice as many as him, but uh, four wins in a row, and uh, as I said, 50k going to the winner. Uh, I do want to just skip to the heavyweight battle between Muhammad Usman and Junior Tafu. They, um, they both have very decorated brothers in the UFC and uh, have uh, both come in as prospects at uh, sort of later ages. And um, I know why. I don't know why they are nowhere near the quality level of their brothers, but uh, Usman ends up uh, winning a decision. These guys were throwing heavy, heavy lever, le leather, but uh, not accurately, looking pretty sloppy. Uh, Usman is one huge guy and uh, was able to get the victory, but um, they both have to go to the gym and, and learn how to be a lot better because uh, these guys are, are really, really raw. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tafa almost had Usman out of there. Uh, Usman showed his determination and toughness by hanging in and and resorting to his grappling and his wrestling to get the fight to the ground where Tafa needs to learn how to you know figure that out, which is how to get up, yeah. how to technically get up and get out of those positions because once he got taken to the ground, he stayed there. Because yeah. he could not get up, he could not get up from out from under Usman, and uh, Usman needs to, you know, learn how to do some slips, have his guard up more, and just just have, because like these guys were just winging punches. That's what I thought yeah. when I was watching them. They're just winging punches with no real technique behind anything. So I was just like, oh, okay, so just big guys just swinging, going yeah. like swinging, swinging for the fence. pretty much right. Yeah. Um, good win by Usman. Uh, again, like I said before, he found a, a he found a, a path to win. He found a path to win, which was through his grappling, because standing up with Tafa was not working for him whatsoever. No, Tafa is really good with his stand up. Uh, definitely, um, he's he comes in from the kickboxing realm. Uh, he was trained by Mark Hunt, long term UFC guy. Uh, Hunt tra trains Tai Tuivasa, Carlos Alberg. And, uh, you know, some of the really tough guys, uh, they, they go to the AKA in Thailand and train there. Um, but Tafa has to learn, yeah, take down defense and and how to get back up if, if he gets taken down. Usman was able to dominate once the fight got down there and, and got the got the massive win. Uh, I, I'm, it's, it's always shocking when you see brothers, you know, look at the difference between Us, the two Usman brothers, like, those guys don't look like the brothers in any way. I can't believe the weight difference and and the body type uh, and and the skill level. It's just night and day. So different. Yeah, yeah, it, it is night and day between the two brothers and like that just the quality uh, between the two. But also too, I you don't know how long these two guys have been doing the MMA as opposed to the two brothers. Right. And I think I think it's the experience and time is also you have to consider that as a factor and so hopefully as time goes on these two will get better and we'll see 
the improvement as they get more and more fights down the line. Yeah. Usman was chasing a, a, a professional football career, uh, started as a wrestler in in college and uh, as and a football player. And so, yeah, I, I shouldn't throw too much shade on him. Uh, he's just he's a little raw. He has to learn, uh, you know, his better stand up, uh, less looping punches like that. And uh, yeah, he, you know, he could probably have half decent career. He is a little bit older, but we'll, we'll see what goes on. Uh, let's just jump to next week's card. Um, let's go to Song Yudong, Ricky Simone, and uh, what do you see between these combatants in the main event? I see, I see, I see them fighting each other at every different level. But I think the path to winning for Ricky Simone is to grapple and to tire him out with his tireless pressure. Like I, I think he's going to wrestle and wrestle and wrestle Song Yudong some more. I think for on the side of Song Yudong, he needs to create space and throw his punches. And like I, I think that his best, his best uh, uh, way to victory is to have that space so he can throw his strikes and then hopefully knock Ricky Simone out. I, but either way, it's going to be a great fight. And I think I called it before, and I'll call it again. I think this is going to be your fight of the night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I think uh yeah you're you're onto something there for sure. Um yeah, I don't have a ton to add to this card. Uh there are a couple heavyweight battles which would be fun. Um we've got two middleweight battles uh on the the main card and um yeah, we'll we'll see some of these prospects emerge. Uh Armin Saruki and and Hanato Moicano had to get canceled. This is off this card. And um, so did Ange Lusa and Josh Quinlan. Both those fights are no longer. Um, don't know if they're going to repl- be replaced or not. But uh, the heavyweight uh, feature fight on the prelims is Martin Budai against Jake Collier in a heavyweight battle there. Um, yeah, I expect a knockout from one of those two guys. And uh, But, um, yeah, not a lot of huge names. Um, not, you know, uh, not, not a card that's, um, decorated as well. Same as this, this past week. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, sometimes you got cards like this, but, uh, hopefully we can, uh, be surprised with some really good fights. Yeah. You just never know. You just never know. That's why you watch. So, um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the song. You don't Ricky Simone fight. That's going to be a great fight. And I do hope. That the cancer fight between Sarukian and Moicano gets uh, rescheduled at some point in time because that's a fight, as far as I'm concerned, that that definitely needs to happen. That fight needs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's the uh, UFC story. Uh, I guess the last thing I want to mention is uh, NFL draft this Thursday. Uh, Biggest story that keeps emerging is. Uh, what is Carolina going to do with their number one overall pick? Uh, it seems to be between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, uh, which quarterback they want to go with. I uh, can't believe how many pundits have uh, one guy and then the, so many pundits have the other guy. Um, there just doesn't seem to be uh, an overwhelming majority on one side or the other. We'll see um, uh, this. This is a franchise changing moment. Uh, Carolina has made a lot of stupid moves over their <laughs> lifetime and will probably screw this up somehow. But uh, 
uh, you know, from both people's perspective, most people's perspective, uh, whatever guy that gets probably going to be a, a star and uh, help this franchise get out of the well, uh, doldrums of mediocrity. Yeah. Uh, whatever guy that they go with, hopefully that's the guy that can help. I, I, I personally seen a lot more, more video of Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is more no, not Harper young, young. Sorry, sorry, young, young. Sorry, Bryce Young. Um, he's he's the more uh, creative quarterback out of the two. Like once he gets out of the pocket, like he he's he's just pure creativity out there. I I personally I probably go with Bryce Young, even though he's the smaller quarterback, and there's all these things about like the small quarterback and stuff, but. Whatever, man. If you can play football, you can play football, yeah. no matter what size you are. As far Absolutely. as I'm concerned, so yeah, I, I think they should. I think they should go with. My personally feel is they should go with the, the the guy that can just ad lib, and and be yeah. creative and do all these things. I I would go with Bryce Young. It seems like uh, Alabama is going to be very well represented in the draft picks this year. Uh, Alabama does not do a bad job drafting uh, these guys. And, you know, he went there, one of the most high-pressured college quarterback positions and had an absolutely phenomenal career. Uh, I think uh, you're right. Um, you know, Bryce Young's probably the guy they should go with. But um, there is a bias against shorter quarterbacks. Always has been, always will be probably. And, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where they turn to. Uh, so Carolina gets number one, Houston two, Arizona three, Indianapolis four, and Seattle five. Uh, looks like um, if whoever chooses between uh, Young and Stroud number one, Houston will maybe go for the other guy. So those two positions maybe are locked up. Uh, I've I understand that um, Arizona is leaning toward Will Anderson. Uh, Indianapolis is going to looking at um, Will Will Levis and uh, also uh, oh and and Richardson. Uh, Seattle is looking really a lot at Jalen Carter, who has um, <clears throat> definitely <clears throat> top five draft pick ability, but severe off field troubles that I'm not sure if a team wants to take a risk on him. Um, that has been sort of the biggest wild card in this draft. Um, what do you do? You know what some of his off-field troubles were? He uh, was for, he was blamed for a car accident that killed uh, a couple people and uh, has yet to um, be gone to trial and figured out what his sentencing is and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, something that's hanging over his head pretty severely. Ah, that's not like good. So, <laughs> well, we'll see how that plays out. But like you know, people get people deserve second chances. He's a young man; he made a mistake. Um, it doesn't mean that he'll continually make two mistakes for the rest of his life, right? So, uh, still sounds kind of dicey to take a chance on him, but you never know. You never yeah. know, and especially. If the talent is there and if the talent is overwhelming, well, then we've seen how that goes. You take him anyways, and then you deal with whatever comes afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hear he's the best defensive player uh, definitely in this draft and, and possibly in the last few drafts. Um, he's a defensive tackle out of Georgia, and 
He he probably when it went top three, uh, you know, right right away. If he didn't have these off field troubles, he might not go to Seattle. He might fall down the uh, down the list a little bit. I heard the Raiders are quite interested in him, and Raiders do give a lot of guys chances that do have these off field troubles. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they picked him if Seattle did. Oh man, yeah, Raiders love players like that. Love them, eat them up, please. Anybody with troubles, past troubles, troubles now, we'll take them. We love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, yeah. Unfortunately for Raiders fans, that's a thing. Um, Houston gets two picks uh, in the first round, number two and number 12. So uh, they should really get some top-end talent. Uh, Seattle gets two picks, number five and number 20. And the Eagles, uh, number 10 and number 30, uh, the rich get richer with Philadelphia. Uh, there's five teams that don't get a first-round pick. The Rams, the Niners, the Broncos, and the Browns, all because of trades that they've made. And the Dolphins also don't get a first-round pick. They have been punished by the league for tampering when they were trying to sign Tom Brady and Sean Payton, and they lost their... First round pick this year and their third round pick next year. Uh, so they will not be featured in the first round. Uh, the draft goes down in Kansas City Thursday through Saturday and should be a lot of fun. There's um, so many draft projections and and boards and things. And who knows who's going where. One guy, the one team goes off the board a little bit. It's going to shake up the whole thing. Uh, I hear that uh, this could be a really big draft for running backs and tight ends, which is kind of strange because it's not been a focus for many teams for a while. Uh, B. John Robinson from Texas is uh, super high, highly touted as the, the top um, running back coming out of college. And uh, there's also uh, Jamar Gibbs, uh, Ty uh, – to Jai Spears and Zach Charbonnet are all other guys that are being looked at heavily. Uh, the most tight ends that have ever been picked out of a first round are three. Uh, they say there could be at least four or five coming out um, this year. Michael Meyer from Notre Dame, Darnell Washington from Georgia, uh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah, and Oregon State's Luke Musgrave are the top prospects in the tight end field. Um, we'll see um, what happens. Atlanta goes number eight. Uh, big possibility that they get Bijan Robinson, the big running back out of Texas. So that might help your Falcons. Now, any anything could help them at this point in time. Like any anything, any sort of help would help. Yeah, it's been uh, all the quarterbacks are always talked about. Uh, there's about five guys that are supposed to be you know, heading in out in the top 10 possibly. And uh, this will be definitely a very high, high draft for most of the quarterbacks coming out. And uh, I guess my last note for the NFL was um, Jalen Hurts held a big press conference uh, yesterday and talked about, yes, it was nice to sign a big deal. I'm glad I got some guaranteed money and this money is uh, life-changing and great, but Titles are much better than money for me. I want us to go for titles, not uh, not think about this money, not care about it anymore. Um, 
I'm glad that he, you know, that's, that's his focus. And uh, yeah, he said a lot of good things yesterday in that press conference. Well, yeah, he said a lot of good things. He's a natural leader. He's, 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 he's the quarterback that you want to lead your, your, your team. Not like a certain someone who said MVPs were more important than Super Bowls. Who was that guy again? Wait, was that the guy that went to the Jets? Oh, yeah, it was. It was uh, that guy. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Um, no, Jalen's awesome. And I, his head is on straight, which is I want to try to win Super Bowls because – we were so ridiculously close to getting my first one yeah. against the Chiefs. And so you know that he's super motivated to get back there. You know that the whole team is super motivated to get back there. So, uh, And they got the right guy to do it, the right guy to get him there. Because let's be honest, besides that one turnover, he had one hell of a game. Amazing, yeah. It was unfreaking believable. Such a great run, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was noteworthy about this press conference and the signing was this was the largest contract ever um, negotiated by a female agent. Uh, Nicole Lynn was able to pound out this agreement for the 24-year-old with the Eagles front office. I hear incredible things about her. She represents uh, some really top-end talent. As uh, soon as Lamar Jackson uh, heard about this should have been on the phone, getting her on speed dial and getting her uh, to negotiate his contract. Uh, this was great for the female agents that are out there that work just as hard as the males and do not get the credit and do not get the um, big notoriety as a lot of the other high super profile agents. And um, yeah, I, I hope this helps her grow her uh, client base and, uh, yeah, maybe we can finally get Lamar Jackson uh, a proper representation and he can get a deal done. Yeah, first off, this is definitely going to help her client base because it's like, I want what he got. I want what he got. Can I get what he got? It's like, no, you can't. You're not that good. But if Lamar Jackson was paying attention, I think his mom controls his life when it comes to his agent stuff. Like, she's like literally his agent. So – if that's the case, then maybe a female agent that's actually like a female agent, like that's what she does for a profession, would be the best for him. Yeah. And then they, they, like mom and her could talk about how much money can we get my son? Like how much money can we get him? Can we get him something like Jalen? Can we do that? Because that's the kind of money that Lamar should be making. Yeah, Exactly that. Maybe yeah. Even a little bit more. But that's it. That that's that's his yeah. next contract. So uh hopefully he figures it out at some point or something happens. Uh and then hopefully he's happy. But but the one thing I don't want to see, I don't want to see this guy come at the end of this year coming up and not still have a contract, which would be the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. Because then that would that would that would show me that there's indefinite collusion. If that dude does not have a contract by the end of the football year coming up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, it uh, it needs to get done. So, you know, we don't have something to talk negative about the NFL. Uh, you know, there have been so many negative stories. And uh, this, this one just really reeks of something wrong. And, uh, yeah. Get a hold of Nicole Lynn Lamar's mom. Get a hold of her. You can- <laughs> 
You guys can go break some bread, talk about it, say what you and your son want, and make it happen. She made it happen for Jalen. She can make it happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, buddy. I'm going to send you on your way. I think uh, we just hit tip-off for Milwaukee Heat. And um, enjoy the basketball tonight. Thanks for doing this, as always. And and uh, I'm sure we'll talk through the week. Yeah, we'll talk through the week, my friend. Enjoy the game. Talk okay. Later. Cheers. Good night. Bye for now. I know. Okay, everybody. Wow. Another podcast episode uh, is done, completed. Uh, a lot of fun conversations there. Um, yeah, I uh, just really enjoy breaking down a weekend of sports. Uh, it was nice to get away and not be so consumed by sports as I normally am. And nice to have an opportunity to, um, yeah, just come back and then, uh, very into my sports and uh, yeah, have a great conversation like we just had. Uh, thank you to our uh, partners and sponsors. Always appreciated. Really want to just uh, give a shout out to anchor.fm uh, easiest place to make a podcast and all posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company industry leader in technology performance and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have for anyone in your family. Campus and Possibilities, they can create West Coast vibes in your home and uh, spruce it up, make it look great. Uh, just give them a call. You can find their details on our website. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Uh, I use the products. We use the products. And uh, we recommend them heavily. Love them. And uh, you can find them at discounted rates on our website, completesportsmedia.com. Thanks for all the love and support lately. Thanks for all the comments, all the uh, emojis, all the great things that you're sending us. And I appreciate, um, yeah, how much we're growing. Uh, Really, really great to see and uh, makes us proud. All the hard work is worth it for you guys. And, um, yeah, thanks for giving us a piece of your week. Every single solitary week, love it. Appreciate it a ton. And um, yeah, we hope we continue to keep delivering. So uh, enjoy your life. Enjoy the spring. Uh, Man, it's beautiful out there. And um, yeah, I'm sure in your little uh, spot in the world, uh, it's going to get better and better and better every day. So love you lots. Take care of yourself and uh, we will see you soon. Bye for now.